We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe. This week's guest is Bill Bice. Bill has always been an entrepreneur, starting his first company at age 14, putting on road races with corporate sponsors. At 18, he started Pro Law Software, the first integrated ERP for law firms. After selling the company to Thomas Reuters, Bill became a VC as a founding partner in the Verge Fund, investing in high-tech, high-growth companies in the Southwest. Bill is the CEO of Boomtime, the word-of-mouth marketing company. Bill, welcome to the show. Lori, it's great to be here with you. Thanks. My goodness, you have quite the background from road racing to uh, software in the legal space to uh, marketing. (laughs) It kind of covers a lot, doesn't it? Well, you know, marketing is sort of behind all of that, right? Because how how good you are at go-to-market determines whether all that other hard work actually pays off or not. Yeah, isn't that the truth? So you've built and invested a lot of businesses. What's been the biggest challenge? Well, it, it really is that go-to-market. I mean, it's, it's the reason I started Boomtime, which was my my frustration in in getting great marketing for the companies that that I started and invested in and, and was advising. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to do really well, and it's really tough as business owners to, to make the necessary commitment behind marketing because it feels like you're always spending money and not, and not getting results, and there's, you know, there's some key reasons for that. Yeah, so what are some of the most common mistakes that you see people making in their marketing? Well, I think there's two really big ones. So what, what I consider like the biggest mistake in marketing is, is talking about yourself because nobody cares. And, and marketing is so much more effective if you flip that around and, and really pay attention to what your audience cares about in context, you know, put, put everything you're talking about in that context. And it is, is you know, so much more valuable. And yet, you know, 90% of what most companies do for marketing is just talking about what they're doing, who they hired, their product launch, and you know, just just nobody cares. And if you instead turn that into, you know, really insight, perspective-driven, um, you know, help that you're giving to your audience, it becomes so much more effective. And then, and then you get to the really hard part, which is the second step, which is that you've got to do it consistently. Like, there's just, there is no magic trick in marketing. It's actually really hard work that has to be done day in and day out for it to be effective. Uh, can you just say that louder so that everyone and say it again can hear that? <laughs> There's no magic well, trick to marketing and you have to do it consistently. <laughs> so for those of us who live in it, right, this is this is what we see over and over again. And yet, you know, is it coming from the business owner side, like what every business owner wants is just more leads. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great if if that's how it worked, but actually most businesses are really, even if you 
spend the money for something that, that is actually working to generate leads for you, which is very difficult to, to do just that by itself consistently. If you haven't built the marketing foundation, it's almost impossible to get an ROI on that. So mm-hmm. you know, spending money on, on advertising should be the last step. You, you've got to build the marketing infrastructure where you're doing it consistently day in and day out but before you before you spend any money on advertising. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And I love how you point, pinpointed one of those, the major mistakes being that companies like to talk about themselves. And this is something that I'm constantly preaching to my clients and anyone that's willing to listen is really understanding who the target customer is and speaking to the pain that they have and showing your expertise instead of saying, look at these cool things that, that we can do, but help solve that problem. Yeah, what we're really talking about is is the most undervalued asset in your business, which is that audience, that that target customer that you can talk to over and over again without having to pay a media company to do so. So the the network you build on LinkedIn, your email list, the people that, that you have access and you can talk to and stay top of mind with, is really the the, the most valuable asset in your business. And, and yet so few business owners look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So you've done a lot of work in B2B sales, applying the challenger sale. What have you learned in doing that? Well, so this is really where, so the challenger sales is all about creating new sales opportunities that wouldn't otherwise exist. So, you know, if, if, if your business works where you can just be an order taker, then that, then that's great. But if you're doing something that's, you know, that's complex and has multiple decision makers, is high value, then, then you need to be able to create new sales opportunities. And what you were just talking about of, of, of sharing advice, that, you know, that's inherent in how the challenger sale works. So you know, that research comes out of, out of 6,000 sales reps, you know, 90 Fortune 500 companies. What we've done is applied it to small businesses for their marketing but taking that same concept of let's, let's be consultative. Let's make everything in our marketing have this, you know, perspective insight driven approach, get your audience to think about the, the things that you're really good at differently, give them different perspective. And, and if you do that, well, you'll, you'll create new sales opportunities that, that didn't exist before. Yeah. I think that's important. The more that you can challenge somebody else in their thinking, the more interesting you're going to be to that individual. Yeah. And the, and the best way to do that is to give away whatever you think is whatever you hold dearest, the advice that you think is, is the highest value that you've got locked deep within the safe. Give that away for free mm-hmm. is the best marketing you can do. It will attract the right prospects that will come to you that want you to do it for them because you, you, you tell them exactly what to do. They're still not going to want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, Bill, a lot of the show is around networking, and my goal is to really help alleviate any fear that someone has as soon as they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking stories or experiences that you've had? So I, I totally live that because I'm, I'm very much an introvert at heart, but yet to, to, to do what I want to do, I, I have to go out in the world and, and talk to people. And, you know, I've actually found use, so going into a cocktail party is like, uh, and, and I will do it because it's, it's a great way to meet people, but you know, it's, 
is challenging for me. Um, I, I love LinkedIn for this very reason because it's like the it's like the perfect cocktail party. It's only it's going to be a room full of only exactly the people I want to meet. I get to do it under my control. I don't have to eat horrible food at the same time, and and I get to build a network of of exactly the right people that I want to talk to. And I found that if you if you treat that the same way that you would that cocktail party, where when you meet somebody, you just don't dive into a sales pitch. You, you have to build a relationship first. If you do that same thing on LinkedIn, it it works really well. And it's been, you know, it's been the perfect way for me to build my network and be able to get my message out. I think that's, um, there's a lot of truth to that. And unfortunately on LinkedIn, I'm seeing the aggressive sales pitch in my inbox way too frequently taking place right now. Yeah, and, does, and does that work? Absolutely not. It's a, it's a t- huge turnoff. I'm not interested in connecting and learning more about your business. There's, there's a different strategy that needs to be implemented and whoever was educating on, you know, this hard sales strategy in LinkedIn needs a slap on the wrist because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a turnoff. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't work. You have to go in with the, with the approach of, I want to build a network and be helpful to that network and then, and then share what you're great at. And if, if you do that, then you'll build relationships that, that do turn into sales opportunities, but much more effective than, than you know, walking into a room, meeting somebody for the first time and just immediately pulling out the PowerPoint and giving them a sales pitch uh, while mm-hmm. they're trying to have a drink. Yep, absolutely. So how do you stay in front of or best nurture your network? So I, you know, I, I think that approach of, of what we we're just talking about with, with this sort of insight perspective that, that comes out of the challenger sale. If you do a regular flow, and this is what's really hard, quite frankly, is because 90% of the effort is, is great content. Mm-hmm. And most companies have a really tough time doing that internally. You've got all the ideas, but actually executing on it day in and day out is, is, is really tough. You, you've got a business to run and sitting in front of a blank screen just, you know, doesn't get you there. So, you know, what the only way I've been able to solve that problem is to build a network of subject matter experts who, who are able to write that stuff. So I, I, I think you have to outsource it. The ideas have to come from you. Uh, the really hard part is getting the voice right. But if you go through the effort of getting that model working, then you get the steady flow of really great content that lets you stay in front of your audience over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the reason we see so many bad emails and so many bad LinkedIn posts is because it's so easy to just, you know, throw up press release kind of stuff. But I don't think there's any point in doing that because it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and this there's, you're definitely speaking my language. It, creating the content is easily the biggest challenge that I hear over and over and over again. And it's the biggest bottleneck into implementing any strategy that's been mapped out and defined. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's hard work. It takes time and, and it's gotta be done. However, it's the best way to stand out in front of your, your network and, and more importantly, your target target audience. Absolutely. I, I knew you and I were going to agree on a lot, just, uh, <laughs> just writing and listening to your podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I agree. Anyone that is in the world of, marketing already, especially on content marketing, easy to connect with. (laughs) 
So when it comes to um, someone that wants to grow their network, what advice would you offer that, that kind of newer, greener business professional? Well, so I, I really, you know, I really like using, I just think it's so much easier to get going uh, with, with LinkedIn. And, and if you do that, so let, let's say that you're focused in a, you know, in, in your city and you want to grow your network there. It's amazing how great, how great it is when you've built that network online, how much easier it becomes to then do so in person, because now people have seen things from you on a regular basis. It makes it much easier to, to come up with things to, to talk about. So I, I really see LinkedIn as the, as the entree to making all networking easier. And so the, the key is how do, how do we do that really well in, in LinkedIn? And putting the strategy you put behind that really changes how effective it's going to be. So the, you know, the, the number one factor in whether somebody accepts your connection request is how many connections you already have in common. So, you know, we all see when a connection request comes in, what, what do you get? You get the, the headline that's on your profile. So that headline's really important. Don't make it, you know, just what your title is at what company, put something in there that's actually interesting. Uh-huh. And, and you want to build up to the sort of ideal connections by, by getting connected around them. So that by the time you're really getting to your ideal target customer, you already have a bunch of connections in common with them. Because then you can push up your acceptance rate from, you know, 30% to low 50%. And if you really focus on this, you can build a network very quickly. So, you know, typically when I'm running a connection campaign, sending out 40 to 50 connection requests a day to a very targeted audience with a message that's written one-on-one. That's one of the biggest problems with, with doing a, a connection campaign like this is people tend to get in this mindset. Oh, well, I'm sending this to multiple people and they start writing that way. Well, you're sending it to one person at a time. And, and that message should be very personal to exactly the, the kind of role that, that you're reaching out to in, in that campaign. I and, agree. And if you do that, you, you get really amazing results and you grow exactly, you know, a very valuable network in a short period of time. Yeah. And, you know, the focus, as you said, like being strategic about who it is that you're trying to reach out to and also really customizing that one-to-one message instead of the one-to-many message. Nice. Yeah, I mean, we, we all get a, a, a lot of connection requests that, that you can just tell they were not written for, you know, it wasn't written for me. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it was one of those one-to-many messages and, you know, you, you can double your success just by changing your attitude and how you, how you write those messages. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good insight. And I, I love the, the little tip there about the strength of your headline because that's what people are going to look at. Well, who is this person? The headline is, can make a big difference in whether or not someone does accept that, that request to connect. And, and I think we're really past the point of like the sort of crazy photos, um, mm-hmm. you know, Assuming you're going after a professional market, you you need a professional headshot that, that really represents you in the uh, in the right way. And you know the thing that I found really valuable is the is the follow up. So a lot of people are on LinkedIn the same time every day. So the best time to follow up with a new uh, a new connection is same time the follow when the same time they accepted your connection request the following day. 
And that's when we'll often share what, what we call the reframing article, which comes right out of the challenger sale. And that's really your most uh, insightful, consultative driven piece of content that helps somebody see an important issue in their business in the, in a different way. Mm-hmm. It can be anything salesy in it. It's all about sharing expertise. Value that's, add. That's the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Now, is that gated or is that just kind of here's a direct link to some fantastic information? Yeah, that, that's not gated because until we've gotten a relationship going. So I, I look at it as a series of, of micro commitments. So the, the first micro commitment was, was making that connection with them on LinkedIn the second one is, is sharing some insight with them. And then the third one is going to be getting them to pay attention to the ongoing posts that you're making after that. And some of those posts should take you to gated content on your website because we want to convert as much of your LinkedIn network to your email list as possible. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's great. I think there's so many, like I said, so many inquiries that we have coming in right now that are just direct with sales pitch. <laughs> and at the very least, you ha- if you're going to reach out to connect with someone blindly, you need to write a message. Absolutely need to write a message. Yeah. And, and if you're doing that kind of campaign today, I think you'd be amazed at how much better it would work if you took the sales pitch off, took the inside approach, and made the pitch step four or five. Yeah. Yep. Well, and and really to some extent, in today's day and age, I feel the buyer is going to reach out to you once they're ready because you've established this level of trust because of the value that you're providing. So I almost feel like asking for the sale or that pitch is almost it's starting to become obsolete to some extent. I, I agree, and, and and really, what I mean is because step five is you've gotten to them to your website, and this is their second or third time to their website, and that's the first time they're ever going to really get a true pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so putting that pitch on LinkedIn is just never going to work. Yeah, that's true. Nice, really good. I like this uh, deep conversation we're having here. <laughs> But Bill, if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Well, yeah, we could spend a couple hours on that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, I was, a, I was a complete idiot. Um, so, I, you know, I started my first software company. Um, you mentioned this in the intro when I was 18. And, of course, because I was 18, I thought I knew it all. And, and so the biggest mistake is I didn't, I didn't accept any kind of mentorship. And so it, it, and we, you know, we built a great software company, but it took 15 years because it took me a long time to figure out how to run a business. Uh, and so now I, I have a much better idea of how little I know. And I, I try to find somebody who is, I always try to find somebody who's already done what I want to do. It's one of the you know, great capabilities that we have as humans to project ourselves into that future. It's just, we don't, we don't tend to take advantage of it, but someone's already done whatever it is you are setting out to do right now. So going and learning from them is the best way to speed up your process. I love that. Yeah, I have a very similar, uh, if I could go back <laughs> mindset, um, it, I think it's funny how the older we get, the less we realize we know but we're more aware of that and are more open to learning from 
our elders or more experienced individuals. Yeah, and I definitely don't want to work as hard now. So uh, <laughs> being wiser is the, is the only other option. All right, Bill, so we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Well, absolutely. So uh, who's on my mind at the moment, just because I, I read his uh, latest book is, is Simon Sinek. I've always been a huge fan of, of his work. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, what he talks about in the in the infinite game, which frankly, if you just read the first chapter, you'll get the, you'll get the concept, but it, uh, it really gets at the heart of, of all the good that we create with, with capitalism and, and, and how, how do we continue that and get rid of sort of the, the challenge, you know, the problems that have crept in over, uh, uh, last few decades. That's great. So how he's great. He's got some really good insights and I haven't checked out the infinite game yet. So I am definitely going to make a note to at least read the first chapter, as you said. Um, but how would you go about connecting with him? I, well, uh, anybody you want to connect with the, I mean, the easiest place to start is, is LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing that, that I use all the time is, is I belong to uh, a group called YPO, Young Presidents Organization. And those those kinds of professional organizations are you know are a really powerful way to so if you're you know if you're challenged in in networking and yet you I mean if if you want to be a successful CEO you almost almost have to to network if you if you're really committed to building something best way to get there is network with the right people. So finding the right professional organization is such an easier way to make that happen because people are so much more open to, to someone who belongs to the same, same club that they do. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Absolutely. Uh, and I've not heard of that one interested in checking that one out as well. <laughs> um, all right, Bill. So here's your chance to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me? So what, what, what is the, the thing, the most recent thing that you're doing with your clients that has, that has really made a difference in, in their marketing? Um, something that's been really well received and kind of exciting for our clients are um, new clients that are coming in are we're finding individuals that have been managing their own Google advert ads because obviously Google does a lot of advertising to get people to spend money on their platform. Um, but when we go in, I mean, we've got a great recent success story where about 80% of the dollars they were spending were actually being wasted. So we go in and kind of clean it up for them and then they just find greater returns. And, and at the end of the day, it just comes down to, yeah, there's a lot of resources. Google gives you a lot of the tools, but unless you're literally living and breathing the evolution of all these platforms on a daily basis, I think it's best to have someone dedicated to this and that whether it's internal or outsourced. So, um, the paid, paid ads, LinkedIn, Google ads, Facebook ads, I mean, it's, I used to be very anti-paid and try to be as organic as possible, but the platforms have just been so more refined with regards to who you can target. Um, and the better that you understand that customer and that message that's going to connect with them and where they're engaging, you're just going to have better re results at the end of the day. Yeah. And you can give yourself a really quick test, right? So if you don't have somebody who is reviewing 
your Google ads at least weekly. If you don't have dedicated landing pages for each different target, then, then you know you're wasting money and you need to go hire somebody to manage it for you. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of the time, that's, you know, that's exactly what we find. And just, just by doing those simple things of, of putting focused landing pages in place, I mean, the, the vast majority of small businesses send their Google ads to their homepage. Yeah, which is not going to convert <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> we know. Wow. Well, there's there's 80% loss at uh -huh. least. Um, so it's easy to give yourself that test. And, and I say either turn it off because it's not working, or if you're serious about it, then, then get somebody who is dedicated and focused on, on making that spend worthwhile. Absolutely. Good question. <laughs> All right, Bill, any final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? You know, I, I'm going to hit the same tune again, because the, the reason I talk about it is because it is the key to making marketing work, which is you, you need to pick a strategy that you believe in, that you will commit to long term, because you're not going to get a return in month one, month two, month three. You, I believe you've got to pick a strategy that you're willing to put at least a year behind in order to truly understand how it works. And the only way that you can believe in that is to, is to see the results from other places, take, take a proven approach that is working for, for businesses just like yours so you can make that long-term commitment. And if you don't do that, then you know, don't even spend the money because you're, you're not going to get in the game. It's not going to work. I agree. And, and I think at the end of the day, you need to pick a strategy first and foremost. You can't just jump into, you know, the spray and, and pray method. Let's see what happens. But it and putting the time behind it is extremely important as well. And and this is for anything when it comes to building your network or, um, you know, trying to build content. Um, it it it's all about the time investment and in, in being consistent, as you said earlier. So that that's great advice. Yeah, please, please come find me on LinkedIn. I, I, I very much eat my own dog food. You'll, you'll see me doing exactly what I recommend that, that you do, and you'll, you'll see how it works and how it's effective. Great. So we'll include your LinkedIn uh, information in our show notes. Is there any other way that um, our listeners can get in touch with you? Well, in case you can't tell, I love talking about marketing. So you can always reach <laughs> out to me at, at CEO at boomtime.com. And, and of course, the, the website is boomtime.com. Cool. We'll include all this in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Lori. It, it has. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Bill for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash social capital network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.